Welcome back. I am so excited that you have joined me again in the Aligned Womb, Aligned You podcast. I'm Kate Nagai, and I am your host and womb guide on this journey. I'm here to help you to lean into the language of your menstrual cycle so that you can align yourself and awaken and activate to your womb wisdom to live the most inspired life. I am so excited to jump into this episode and to dive into today's topic. So let's get started. Welcome back to the Aligned Room Aligned You podcast. We have another returning guest this week and one of my favorite people, Darcy Hawkshurst. Darcy is the founding member of the Certified Math Method for Health and Fitness Coaches and Practitioners. She's also a child brain developmentalist, a neurological evaluator, a member of the Conscious Feminine Leadership Academy, a writer, a speaker, a teacher, and a literacy expert. She's also the mother of a formerly brain injured child who has been to rock bottom burnout and back. Darcy is the creator of the Vibrant Women Program, which is a paradigm shifting journey that puts women on the path to thriving by removing the root causes of stress and modern metabolic disease. And she is with us today to talk all about metabolic health, hormones, and the steps to take to feel vibrant in our life again. Welcome, Darcy. I am so glad you're back here with us again. And I cannot wait for this next conversation that we're going to have all on metabolic health. I'm so happy to be with you again. Thanks for having me, Kate. So I know that you recently did a challenge. Actually, before we get into the challenge, let's talk a little bit about burnout. In case that people haven't heard your story about being burnt out and your recovery process, can you go a little bit into what this was? What like turned your world upside down to make you want to be here in this moment, teaching women how to be vibrant in their life? Absolutely. Um, yeah. So we have to roll back a couple of decades to when I was single parenting my brain injured daughter, Haley, and uh, working pretty much, you know, day and night, all day, every day, seven days a week uh, for um, years to help her outgrow that brain injury, which is a whole story on its own. <laughs> and I'm actually writing a memoir about that. And what I want people to understand is that the brain is so highly plastic that it can be changed and healed. And that child that was formerly, <clears throat> you know, epileptic and spastic and learning disabled, you know, is now a successful entrepreneur and independent college student. And She's soaring in her life now, and I am here teaching women what I learned on my path to heal her, which led me through burnout. <laughs> so I know a lot of moms out there can resonate with this because, you know, moms make the world go round. Let's, let's just be honest. And I'm not saying that doesn't mean we don't have a lot of good uh, partners out there, but I was single parenting at the time. And so I was wearing all the hats, trying to do all the things and you know, it was a lot and I didn't listen. We'll talk more about this as we go along in our conversation today, because I want to invite women to listen to their bodies. And if you had said that to, you know, 30 year old Darcy, I would have said, what, what the hell does that even mean? Listen to my body. You know, I ate when I was hungry and I slept when I was exhausted. And I just, I was on the go, go, go every moment in between trying to jam in like, you know, a Zumba workout at 9 30 PM when I had gotten Haley to bed so that I could burn those calories and make the jeans fit so I could look the way I'm supposed to look to do the things right. I mean, you can hear this. This is, this is the treadmill, you know, that we're all on 
until we learn to step off or until if you're somebody like me, you know, you fell off. And I, when I look back, I can see the little pink flags waving things like, um, some hormone imbalance, things like, uh, some intolerances to food kind of creeping up the steady weight gain, that belly weight, that stubborn belly weight stuff. Um, problems sleeping, not feeling well rested, feeling kind of crispy around the edges. And I kept going and kept going. Number one, because I felt I had to, you know, I felt like my daughter's life was hanging in the balance and this is what I, what I needed to do. But also because let's be honest, burnout is worn like a badge of honor. And I, I just didn't know where it was taking me. I didn't realize how bad it would get. So I, remember the night I was sitting in the bleachers at a swim meet, watching the coach berate my daughter again for not following directions because, you know, she had this auditory hypersensitivity and couldn't handle the So whatever. And I felt inside my adrenals, just the pop and several experts in white coats will tell you, they told me that no, your adrenals are like, they tell you your ovaries are ductless glands. You shouldn't be able to feel that. But a lot of us will feel our ovulation. I felt my adrenals pop that night. And it wasn't long after that, that things really got bad, you know, so the adrenals go down, they pull the thyroid down, thyroid comes down, you're not going to be able to digest your food properly without proper nourishment, you know, it's just it's, it was a snowball out of control in the wrong direction. I realized that I, that I really had severe health issues when I found myself exhausted, unable to get out of bed, covered head to toe in a painful, itchy, bright red rash, and really couldn't digest any food. So again, I took my health issues out to the experts, right? This is what we're taught to do. We have to go get help. And I'm not saying we don't need experts from time to time. But the problem is every everybody that I was seeing was looking at some different part of me as if it was a separate part of me. And, you know, the story I just told you, that's the way I began to eventually understand what had happened to me at the time. I didn't see it so clearly. I didn't realize that this was all about the physiological load of stress on my adrenal glands and the way that these hormone systems, you know, the HPA axis and, you know, the way these, the systems of the body work interdependently. I just didn't know any of that yet. And so that's why I like to say this burnout my, I, I hit rock bottom really hard. My adrenal fatigue, my total adrenal fatigue was probably the best gift I've ever had in my life because it, it just brought me to a place where my only hope of recovery, my only chance to feel better and to heal was to get really damn intimate with myself and my body and what it needed. And that's just something that once you see that you can't unsee it. Once you mm -hmm. understand that you can never go back. And so here I live today in a place I call thriving. It's not like San Diego where you just get there and you just, you can just like throw your bag down and you've arrived. Like this is a moving target, I guess. I, I don't want to discourage people, but what I'm trying to explain is that I never knew thriving like this was actually possible. You know, that path back from burnout led to feeling a little better, healing a little more, feeling a little better, healing a little more. And that never has to stop. Mm hmm. So, you know, today I just I feel better than I did <laughs> this time last year. And, and it really can be that way. My mentor says you should have the best brain on the day that you die. 
you know, if you're living in alignment with what you need, and I almost said living right, this is not about right or wrong. This is about living in alignment with what you truly need, listening to your body, and it can just get better and better. So that's why I never planned to do this work. You're in my bio. I'm, I specialize in a lot of other things that I thought would be a full-time career for me. And I, I realized I just can't know what I know and keep it to myself. And so I did, I created the Vibrant Woman program and it teaches women how to learn to listen to their bodies, first of all, so that then they can answer the call of what their bodies need. And you'd be amazed at how often that, that just leads us down. A it's the fork in the road. It is the fork in the road that goes away from metabolic disease. Right. And yeah. I'm just here to say it's possible. You know, I don't have all the right answers for everyone else. I just created a system that helps people find those right answers for themselves and to say, Hey, just look at me. If I could do this, my dad would disagree, but I am not special. I am one woman in a human body and this is what's possible for humans. So, but I think you, you nailed it there when you said that it's tuning in to listen to yourself because the thing with a lot of the systems that are out there for us to gauge our wellness or gauge our health or gauge our vitality are all based upon a bunch of statistics or a bunch of studies that are grouping every human being to exist the exact same. So if you're under all these exact same triggers and pressures, this is how you're going to respond. And it doesn't treat us as an independent person. And so really getting to know our body and feel our body and feel the disruptions gives us this opportunity to know what our medicine is. So well said, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So I know a lot of your work and uh, we started off the call where I was like, you just did a challenge. And then I was like, no, pull back. Come on, get back in line here. You are all about metabolic health and hormones. And I know that you just did a challenge that was working around this idea of metabolic health. And you touched a little bit on it right now about making sure that you have the best brain when you die. Can you go a little bit more into what is metabolic health? And what does metabolic health mean to you and the work that you do? Yeah, so in general, um, I, I just want people to understand that, you know, metabolism is basically what the cells, each individual cell, and then as a collective, what the cells of your body are doing and how they're doing. And so, you know, metabolic health means that your cells should be able to uh, bring in energy to get their work done, which is to make more cells, to... Um, you know, to expel toxins, to, to, to generate all of the energy that, that, and the work that need to be done inside your human body. So can the cells do this? Can they do it together? Can they do it efficiently? And that's, that's the basic line of metabolic health, but here's, and, and I think it's one of those things that's maybe better explained by what it's not. So metabolic health is not, by the way, there are probably about 8% of adults on the planet today that are metabolically healthy. Yeah. Those, yeah. Like 8% of metabolically healthy people. And what that means is people without disease. Hmm. And we've just gotten so used to it. In fact, if I've heard it once, I've heard it a thousand times this week, we talk about age related disease. And what I want people to understand is that we don't get disease because we've been alive for a while. We get disease because of the way we've been living. And it eventually catches up to us when we do things that hurt our body. 
Now, where this kick, where the kicker comes in is that we're born into a culture, into a society that makes a lot of things look normal that are actually hurting our bodies, eating things that come out of packages. Now, you know, I start to hear a little eye rolling like, oh, come on, really? You think eating chips from time to time is really, uh, yes, I actually, I do, but you're not eating chips from time to time. You're eating them every day for lunch. <laughs> yeah. And then you're eating them again before bed because you've got those terrible munchies because you've got high and low blood sugar all the time. So, you know, we just have to get really honest with ourselves, Kate, about how we're living and what we're doing. And are we nourishing bodies? Um, so there's a lot to this. Yeah, I've made a whole program about it. But what I want people to understand is that if you have these, these labels, labels like could be full-blown disease, could be diabetes, Alzheimer's, heart disease, you know, that's the, those are the end stages of metabolic disease or lack of metabolic health. But there were other, just like with my burnout, there are red flags on that, on that path that are trying to get our attention ways. Our body tries to get our attention to say, Hey, this isn't working for me. Something is up here that happened long before you actually get that disease label, you know, mm -hmm. before the blood work comes and shows that result there was something before it. There was insulin resistance. There was pre-diabetes. There was sleepiness after meals. There was your inability to focus and pay attention. A lot of kids are diagnosed with these labels that are a direct, are a direct result of the things that we're feeding them, the lack of nourishment they're getting, the lack of movement they're getting. And how do I know this? Well, I took a child that actually had an injured brain and took it the other direction on that road. So the challenge we just did was called the carb challenge. I sometimes, um, you know, introduce it in another way. We call it the sugar-free challenge. And what I want people to understand is that so many of the foods that we consume, and I put foods there in quotes, I think we really as a society need to redefine food. I think there's a difference between what's ingestible and what is nourishing to the body. And I don't think all of it is food. I think that, you know, the things that we eat that everything we eat becomes a part of us and we need to be choosing a little more carefully with a little more clarity and consciousness and certainly with a lot more education. You know, we're influenced so heavily by, by corporations who invest billions of dollars in, in media to influence us. And we think that's normal. So anyway, the carb challenge that I just ran with 150 some people signed up to do this two weeks before Thanksgiving, much to my surprise and delight. And I realized we're hungry for this knowledge. We're hungry for knowing what really nourishes us. We're hungry for putting two and two together and beginning to understand what is it about the way I live and then the way I feel in my body and how much of that do I really have control over? You know, people are hungry to know this and that's exactly what the carb challenge does. And it's, you know, it's, I talk about this too, because to help people understand, you know, the way to understand is to live it, is to try it. I mean, all the talking and teaching in the world can only bring us so far. And so I like to bring people with my talking and teaching to the threshold and then open the door and invite them through. And so what happened in that card challenge is there were enough people willing to believe what I said. And here's what I said. I said, you know, all of those foods that you're eating, a lot of those things are actually turning to sugar immediately in your bloodstream. And when that happens, you're going to have an insulin response. And when that happens, that is the switch. That's the epigenetic switch that turns on your likelihood for metabolic disease. 
And so the way you're going to understand that is we're going to make sure you eat in a way for a couple of weeks, just for a couple of weeks. I know it sounds restrictive, but it's just for a couple of weeks. We're going to make sure you don't have an insulin response. And then we're going to see the difference in your body. And then you get to know cause and effect, you know? Um, I mean, for me, it's as simple as we're going to ask you to stop hitting yourself with a hammer for two weeks. And then we're going to see how much better you feel. But people, you know, that sounds a little harsh and I'm, I'm not trying to call anybody out. I'm just trying to say for a lot of us, because what I realized when I healed myself from burnout, so much of the tools that I used to help heal my daughter's brain injury, which was caused by meningitis. Yes. So I'm not saying food caused her problems, but it's amazing that when we can change what we're bringing into the body and change the way we move the body and make sure that we are doing this in a way that is honoring the body's true needs. It's amazing how we can reverse disease. And so then people say, wow, we can actually heal our bodies using food and lifestyle. And yes, that's true. But I want to say it in a way that just feels a little bit more accurate to me. What we actually do is we stop hurting the body. We just simply stop causing the disease. And it really is as simple as that. And I would, so I, I signed up for your challenge. Oh, you did. I, and I failed at your challenge. Oh, you didn't. You can't fail it. I'm totally going to out myself here. I totally failed at your challenge. But here's why. And it goes so important to what you're saying right now is that I think so many of us feel like this is hard work because we've never been resourced. I'm not even going to say taught. We've never been resourced with alternative tools to thrive. We only have patterns that keep us in a state of brokenness. So the reason why I failed, <laughs> I'm going to tell you why I failed here. You can tell I was, me why you failed first, and then I'm going to tell you why you didn't fail. Okay. I you was go so excited to join this. And then I got your email and I was like, holy hell, I've got to do what? But then I was like, no, you've done this before in the past. You can do it again. I gave myself my little pep talk. And so I did like two days. And then the flu came through our house. Like you would not believe five people all down. Like if one, it was like, it was one after another. So like one and a half days of vomiting, I'd be able to get caught up in the laundry. And then the next day. And so the reason I failed wasn't because I didn't have the food, wasn't because I didn't have the knowledge, but I was so exhausted. Like I, we literally, my one daughter, she would not wake up to puke. So she was puking in her sleep. So I told my husband, I'm like, I'm not sleeping tonight. I'm staying up till 530 in the morning and then you've got to take over. And so like, I don't know how many all-nighters I pulled, but mm -hmm. it was so easy to go back to habitual patterns that made me feel comfort because I was exhausted. <laughs> so it was easy to go grab the packaged food. Like I could blame it on like I, I had the flu myself, but even then, like realistically, when I had the flu, I wasn't eating. <laughs> so. But on the days that I didn't have the flu and I was caring for everyone else, like you talk about yourself with burnout, I was in a really short-term burnout stint where all I needed to do was feel like I could somehow make it through the day. And how I did that was through comfort and things that I have habitually done that of brought course. comfort, well, but were not familiar. good for me at all. <laughs> Well, so first of all, let me just say uh, to you, and, and there are a lot of other people who didn't make it through, like didn't succeed at the challenge for other reasons. They just, they felt the craving phase or they felt um, the pressure, you know, of family gatherings that were starting to happen. But listen, 
number one, when we are in a state of um, high stress, not the time to change your eating habits <laughs> number two, or to take on a new project like this, like the carb challenge is a project, you know, it's a whole thing where you have to learn about sort of what are the, the yes or the no foods. And again, this is temporary. It's, it's the things we know are likely to cause an insulin response. And, um, yeah, so we, you know, we want to make sure that it's, it's an accurate, that you get an accurate understanding of what happens in your body by doing it for long enough. And it takes time to get ready for it. And then you have to have a high level of consciousness during it. And that's why we did it as a group, because it's better to have group support and people cheering you on and people asking the same questions because you didn't know about this and, oh, you didn't realize, you know, so we need group support to do that. We need a community space. Um, so there's that aspect of it. And it was a big undertaking. Mm -hmm. Number two, whether, you know, you hit a, a bump of stress or the, the flu or an illness, you know, where you, you just couldn't, you know, stick to the, the quote unquote rules of the game. There are a lot of people who try it and get a few days in and hit the craving part because sugar cravings are going to be a part of it. I mean, sugar, let's be honest, sugar is addictive. Your cells are dependent on it in that state. This is you and I started talking about me, what is metabolism and metabolic health. And what this really means is that the cells of your body um, are not dependent on sugar because it's not a lasting source of fuel. It's not, it's not a reliable resource. And when we get into these blood sugar swings, highs and lows, it impacts our brain health profoundly. It is really a problem for learning and for memory in our children, in our elders, um, you know, people being diagnosed with what is now known as type three diabetes, which is the cognitive disorders like Alzheimer's and dementia. Those things are impacted by sugar in the body and, and on the brain. It essentially starves the brain of the fuel that it needs. So, so there's all of that, but nobody fails this because there's not a single person, whether you made it to day 13 of the carb challenge or whether you only made it to day three, you know, you learned something about your body. Mm -hmm. You learned something about yourself and that can only ever be a win. Yeah. And, you know, we talked about that a lot inside the group coaching sessions for that, for that challenge. And I just want people to understand the kind of changes I'm advocating for, the kind of changes that I'm asking people to try and that I hold hands with you as you walk that path, this is not a once and done and it's not an overnight. You know, my path back from burnout has been two decades in the making. For me to sit here and say to you, you know, I used to subsist on Diet Coke out of a can, Camel Lights and pretzels out of a box. And I would not touch any of those things with a 10 foot pole today. But if you had told, you know, 20 something year old Darcy that she would be here, never eating anything that came out of a box or a bag, growing her own food and, and uh, cooking everything from scratch and never having a sugar craving, not eating donuts anymore. You know, I, you, she would think you were talking about some alien person. And so we all are just on a journey of becoming. And the other part of this is to trust your body, to trust your body. You know, this is, the rules of the carb challenge are not some external rule list that you need to follow forever. They're a way to begin to experience a change that then you get to decide about, mm -hmm. you know? And so we need to kind of have that set point. I help people find that set point. So then, then when they go and eat, let's say it was me and I dove straight back into a pan of brownies after my first carb challenge, you know, I removed sugar from my life for two weeks and felt entirely different. I lost four pant sizes. 
I lost, you know, the pudge in my face. I lost my headaches. I lost my irregular periods. I mean, I was two weeks. I was like a drastically different, healthy person. And I felt great. So I turned around and dove back into a panda brownies and ate the whole thing, of course, because that's what addiction does. <laughs> you know, my first sign that I'm eating too much sugar is that I want sugar. And that's, that's something that I, I teach people about. That's the way your cells are operating. But, you know, so it took me a couple of those times to realize, oh, wow, I felt great. <laughs> and then I treated myself. Well, guess what? That treat didn't feel great afterwards. <laughs> and at some point we just have to get honest with ourselves and say, how do I feel? And can I notice the cause and effect, right? This isn't about what foods are good or bad. I'm not teaching people to get off sugar because it's bad. I'm not teaching people to get off sugar because it's wrong. I'm inviting people to try life without those things and see if you like it better. You mm -hmm. might feel better in your body and then you get to decide. And um, yeah, so that's funny. I'm so sorry your family got sick though. Not fun. That's okay. It was... It hasn't been in our house for years, so it needed yeah. to happen. So, and, you know, we can always say like, oh, the flu, whatever. But at the same time, like I said, our immune systems, they needed a little bit of a memory check of like, do you remember what this bug is? <laughs> so gotcha. I always just look at it as a, a, a place for growth in my health. So oh, yeah. It doesn't happen often. Is a great... Oh, I'm sorry. No, that's right. It doesn't happen often, but when it does, it's just our memory of our immune system. So. I think illness is a really great way to uh, get an upgrade. Yeah. You know? And sometimes it's a way that we're forced to rest because we, you know, I, I don't think this is true of you. I know you're pretty good about this and honoring your cycle and your cyclical nature and resting when you need to. But sometimes we just got to have our butt kicked into the bed and life mm -hmm. says rest you. Hey, you rest. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, yeah. yeah. No, for sure. Mm -hmm. Are you looking for an easy way to track your temperature and track your menstrual cycle? I highly recommend checking out the Femometer Ring. The Femometer Ring is this little ring that you place on your finger every night before you go to sleep, and the ring tracks your temperatures through the night, and then puts all the data into a very simple and easy app for you to keep track and to look at, and to know when your peak is about to happen, when you've been ovulating, and to know when your menstruation might be coming on. This app and this ring have been a game changer for me. I highly re recommend going to check it out if you are a fan of tracking your cycle. Go and check out the link in the show notes below to find out all the information about the Femometer ring. So the next thing I want to ask you about, and I have my own little personal story to share with it, is I would like you, if you feel comfortable, to talk a little bit about metabolic health and how that kind of impacts our hormones or how our hormones impact our metabolic health. Did the chicken come first or the egg, that kind of situation? Because here's the thing, there's once upon a time, like, you know how I said with your challenge, you sent out the emails like, oh my God, here we go. That's because once upon a time, I was that Kate. Like I, I ate, I made everything from scratch. I would never buy anything packaged. I was adamant that that was how my kids were gonna be for the first three years of their life, that they were gonna have no sugar in their diet. And I, I was a pretty good human or healthy human before I had kids as a pretty healthy mom for the first few years. But then there was an event that happened in my life between my second and my third child where I went into adrenal burnout. Like my naturopath doctor checked my adrenals and she was like, this isn't good. <laughs> like I was at low. I gained a lot of weight and then 
slowly but surely after that, like it was only a few months after that, I got pregnant with my son and then hormones changed during pregnancy and, you know, the stress once again, because all of my pregnancies were high risk. So I had to be on bed rest. So that later another layer of stress on, then he was born and you went to postpartum and you're exhausted and you're depleted. I fell into every bad habit <laughs> that I had been so good at, like, I don't want to say conquering, but feeling very comfortable without having in my life. Like I really, like for me, baking was no big deal. Making homemade cooked meals was no big deal. And then there was this turning point where it was like, can we just order in food every meal every day? Because I just don't have the energy. And it did affect my, my model about my metabolic health. But was that the hormones shifting and the adrenal shifting that caused the metabolic change? Or was, <laughs> I'm just curious, your take hormones and metabolic health. Well, I think this is, thank you for sharing your story. And, you know, I think this is a great chicken and egg question. I don't think the chicken and egg question has uh, the simple answer we want and neither do situations like this. Um, what I want to say though, and point out, you know, so number one, I think the stress started it, right? So you said, oh, I had adrenal fatigue. So I already knew I was low. So I'm number one, I'm eating to rest more. So I'm not keeping up with all the things that I used to do. So that means that I'm eating different foods from different sources. Now let's keep in mind what happens when we order takeout. Well, we get a load off of our to-do list and we get a tasty hot meal, but we're not in control of the ingredients. And unfortunately they're not choosing ingredients for our health necessarily. They're choosing ingredients for their budget and their profit margin. And I'm, I'm not here to point fingers at, you know, I don't think, I, I don't think this is anybody's fault. I just, what's happening in most restaurants is bad seed oils. So those are going to tip your fatty acid balance toward the inflammatory hormones, which are going to, and think about it, every one of your hormones, the mother of all hormones is a fat molecule. And if you don't have the right building blocks, you are not going to get the Lego castle that you wanted to build. I mean, it really is that simple. And so when we eat out a lot, we are eating these bad seed oils. We're also eating oils that aren't meant to be stable at high heats that are being used at high heats. And so they're damaged bad oils. The body doesn't know what to do with them. So that's a lot of our hormone issues too in the modern world. It's just, we're not bringing in the proper fatty acid building blocks to make the right hormones in the right amounts in the right timing for our body's needs. So then again, so this is one thing tipping us out of balance. Well, you know, it's not the only thing. So this becomes very complicated and you can see that it can spiral spiral out of control pretty quickly, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, that's one thing I like to lift up. I mean, I think the other thing to keep in mind too is, and, and again, not that you can't eat out. I think we have to do so consciously though. I think we have to, you know, frequent the places that are using better oils and it's harder and harder to do. I mean, even places what like Chipotle was one of my favorite places to eat forever. And remember when they came out, their slogan and their tagline was all about this is real food and it's local food. And I mean, the it's been in the news not that long ago. They've done some, you know, digging and it's no, there's a can of canola oil in there that they're frying all that food in. So um, anyway, we do have to be careful about quality. Unfortunately, we do. And if we're not, I think the other part of the story that I want to lift up that I think you, I think, you know, because I, you told the story this way, but I just want to lift this up and name it. It's that when we are bringing these things into our body, so 
whether it's straight out white sugar or the processed carbohydrate dense foods that turn immediately into sugar in the bloodstream, when we're getting um, that insulin response on the regular, that creates a momentum. And though that's what we call a sugar dependent metabolism. Now, whether it's extreme or whether it's mild, you know, whether your symptoms are, are acute and obvious or whether they're just kind of, you know, chronic, this chronic hum in the background, that sugar dependent metabolism has a momentum and it can't be changed overnight. I mean, that's what the purpose of my two week carb challenge does is it teaches people how to stop that momentum. Right. And think about it. Think about what momentum really means. Think about a train with momentum. You know, you're not going to go from 50 miles an hour in one direction to suddenly 50 miles an hour in the opposite direction. Like momentum slows and then it stops and then we can pivot and make momentum in another direction. And that's what we have to do because we don't really understand why we're getting the cravings that we're getting, why we have the impulses that we have. So there's a momentum there. And you, like all of us, are just a normal human being with lots going on in your life. And you're going to do what, what is easy and what feels familiar and what comes natural. Like so many moms out there, you know, on the way home from band practice and, you know, to and from soccer games, like we're doing what we can. We're pulling in a drive through and making the best choices that we can. And yes, that's what we need to do. But all of that has, there are ingredients in there that are basically creating little forms of addiction in our body. Mm -hmm. And for a lot of us, it become it's even about taste then and about texture. And we just become real habituated to that. And it just becomes a habit. And so, you know, not that you have to be always baking your own food. I think, you know, I think the truth is what I teach people and what a lot of women get out of my vibrant woman program is they, uh, they begin to understand, wow, like there really is no one right way to do this. Like, I don't have to be that kind of mom that's staying home, baking all the bread by herself. I don't have to be this kind of mom, always ordering everything in. Like I get to decide what works best for me. And within those lifestyle choices, I can make better choices to, to bring in foods and they're just their more whole natural form. And sometimes for me, you know, I, I'm really not that, uh, I mean, it doesn't have to look fancy for me. <laughs> I've got yeah. other friends who really, it has to look fancy. Like that's just their style. And um, so the point is there's a range and as long as it's working for you. And I think one of the red flags that say, Hey, this isn't working for me is that we have, yeah, we have signs of stress and burnout. We have, um, we have food cravings for things we kind of know aren't really the best, but we're going to do it anyway. And we feel like we are suddenly, we're just not the ones in control anymore. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so you are not alone with that. I was not alone. You know, it, we do, we feel alone when that's happening to us. And I just want Wynn out there to know it, this is so normal, but you can slow the momentum and you're going to feel better when you do. And that's the other reason why I do this work. I know it's one of the reasons why you're doing the work you do. We aren't meant to do this in a vacuum. We aren't meant to do it totally solo. Like we need community around this. And it can be tricky, right? Because a lot of the support for women out there is, and again, I'm not, I don't drink and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with drinking, but instead of like true community and women around the fire, you know, healing their communities with their wisdom, their embodied wisdom, you know, we've kind of given that up for like, 
for burnout and wine nights. Mommy wine nights are probably doing more harm than good. Mm-hmm. You no, know, they're 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 keeping us up too late. They're wrecking our hormones. They've got us, you know. So, yeah, I don't know where else I want to go with that, but I just I totally I feel it. It it makes my heart hurt a little bit when I see people struggle with that, and it's one of the reasons I want to help so much. Well, and I think this goes back to like if we're bringing it back around full circle to the hormone aspect of it as well, is that. I think one reason why metabolic health is something that's so important, not that I know much on it. I am, I'm in the process of learning because I'm perimenopause that I'm like, I need to understand my metabolic health a bit better. But I think one reason why metabolic health is so important for women in particular is because we are overly worked. We are overly stressed. We have so many multiple demands. We are chronically in 10 different places all in the same minute. Right. And, you know, us feeling overextended energetically, hormonally (laughs) stressed, those all impact. But then when we also look at when our body is having a hormonal inflection of some sort, whether it be because of an actual diagnosis, like, you know, PCOS, fibroids, whatever the case might be, or whether it's perimenopause and our body's just trying to find a new normal, is that these shifts in what those hormones provide, the energy or the substance that they provide to our body, when it shifts, it's really important for women to understand that, you know, one's not better than the other. Estrogen needs progesterone to balance itself. Progesterone needs estrogen to balance itself. They need a balanced state. And so when one kind of goes wonky, the whole body kind of feels off. And when we feel off, we go back to those bad patterns of like, what's going to bring me the most comfort? I'm a day away from my period. And I was craving chocolate before we came on here. And I was like, you don't need chocolate. You're not hungry. You just want like a feel good hormone. Yes, but here's why. And yeah, so here's one of the things that eating sugar does is it creates This is why it's addictive, but it has the same impact on the brain as dopamine. Mm -hmm. So yes, when we're feeling low and we need that hit of happiness, we go to the things that we think will supply that. Well, sugar is one of the things that supplies that short term. And here's the other reason that that happens with our hormones. By the way, did you know that PCOS? um, So I want to backtrack just for a second. These things that come from hormone imbalance, so like polycystic ovaries, um, even things like PMS, which I, I really don't like. I mean, I know we know all know what it is. I don't like to use that as a label yeah. anymore because I feel like it's kind of missing the root cause. These hormone imbalance issues are actually one of the signs and symptoms of carbohydrate intolerance. So having blood sugar highs and lows actually creates this situation in the body. And because we have then this sugar dependent metabolism, what that means is when your body runs out of sugar, the cells are going to call for more and they call for more with those fun little idea. Wouldn't it be nice to have a bite of sugar or chocolate bar right now? Wouldn't it be great to just, and I used to think I went from cravings for, I'm like salt to sweet, salt to sweet. That's just who I am. I do pretzels and then I do ice cream. <clears throat> no, you are just carb dependent. You're sugar dependent. You're a sugar addict. You're going from carb to carb to carb. A lot of us don't recognize that it's things that don't even taste sweet that can have this same impact. That's why chomping on a bag of chips will give you a dopamine release, but it also gives you a glucose high, which gives you an insulin response, which gives you a glucose low, which leads into adrenal fatigue because your adrenals then 
will try to compensate. They will spit out adrenal hormones, cortisol and adrenaline and epinephrine. You know, they, they'll do their, their best to stimulate then to simulate basically glucose in the body and provide some energy where it's needed. So that's one of the things that quitting sugar helps to address adrenal fatigue because it takes the load off the adrenals. The adrenals are, you know, some of their other jobs, right. Or to create some of the progesterone that we need. Um, they have, they're on the front lines of our immunity. So, you know, they, they cooperate with the HPA axis to make sure that the thyroid hormone is in the right amounts and timing. So there's all of this interconnectedness and the adrenal glands are so busy and we're giving them more work to do when we eat in this way, when we live in this way, when we, when we're not resting, when we should be. And so it's interesting that you talk about that and that hormone balance and how that, yeah, that will absolutely lead to sugar cravings because that's the first sign of a sugar dependent metabolism. Mm -hmm. And I will say, I will say that my journey through perimenopause, I kept thinking to myself, I'm not having it. (laughs) Why am I not having perimenopause? Everybody else is having it. Oh, I'm just going to go through menopause later. I, I assumed, well, maybe not. I don't, I did not have a dramatic symptomatic peri. Mm -hmm. I didn't have it. And again, I'm kind of, I'm learning as I go too. I was quite surprised. It just, it really makes me question how much of that is normal and how much of that is simply normal in a culture where women's bodies are sugar dependent. Mm -hmm. So a fat burning metabolism is an entirely different state of being. And again, to maintain that fat burning metabolism, we have to bring in the proper healthy fats. And when we do that, we have all the building blocks for hormones to be made. And when they are made in the, you know, in the right relationships, we don't get the signs and symptoms, all the warning cries from the body that something is off because it's not off. It's, it's, it's doing okay. I won't say I never, you know, hit a bump, but it's been drastically different than what I read about my experience. And I know it, it has everything to do with the way I have just stayed on this path back from my burnout and and not let myself go there. Mm -hmm. Now, I just want women hearing this. I don't want there to be any shame or blame or like self-criticism or self-doubt in this direction. What I just want to do is cast this out as a net of hope to say, well, does it really have to be that bad? Does it have to be as bad as everyone says? And again, I'm here to say, maybe not. It wasn't for me. And I think that relies on whether we're going to be able to uh, make some changes. And again, those changes are more than just personal choices. Like you said, if the whole fam family is going down, <laughs> you know, yep. mom's going to go down too. And so we've got to look to creating communities. And that's one of the things I do with Vibrant Woman is we create a community where we don't have to be the ones to feel weird for eating in a way that's different than the mainstream culture, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Because there's a lot of pressure, you know? Let's get into this Vibrant Women course, because I know that you're about to open the doors again. And I would love to know more. What, how do you bring women back into this vibrant women's state or how to feel vibrant in their life again? Um, Because I know this is the essence of your work. And so what can women expect on this journey with you? Well, thank you for that question. I love to talk about this program. I'm very proud of it. It's, I actually, it's, I don't consider it my work. I just kind of put the words on it. And <laughs> I really feel like this is God and mother nature's work combined. However, we view that, you know, the way a human body makes and repairs itself and thrives uh, in co-creation 
you know, we co-evolved with nature and unfortunately in the modern world, what I woke up and realized was we've just gotten way off track. We've just, we've started doing things in a way that just doesn't work for us. And then we're thinking that all, all of the diseases that we have are normal when actually they're just signs that we're kind of off track. So if you could see it that way, that's kind of the first invitation is to notice that like, if you don't feel great in your body, um, there's nothing wrong with you that there's something absolutely right, which is communication from your body. And I like to just frame it that way. So this program has five pillars and we start with the most powerful one. I think the most powerful thing we can do is learn to nourish our bodies. I think we have to redefine food. And I don't think that means you need to take my rules and replace them for whoever else's rules you are following. This really is personal. You know, there are some universal foundations here that absolutely have to be individualized for every single woman's body. Now, so the good news is I don't have all the right answers. The bad news is I don't have all the right answers. Like you get, you're the expert on you. And I think that's a really powerful way to reframe all of this. You know, Kate, as you and I were talking about before we hit record, there's so many of us that feel so trapped, I guess I would say, in this in this situation where we don't really, we know something's not right with our bodies. We don't feel our best. And yet we go to a doctor and that person looks at some numbers. They do blood work and they tell us we're in the normal range. They tell us there is nothing wrong. And we know that's not true, but we don't know what to do about it or where to turn or exactly what the answer is. And, you know, I'll be honest, I have outgrown my need for a doctor. And that might feel like a really radical thing to say. I have some professionals that I partner with you know, I have some people that I rely on to help me with diagnostics and with some data, but that is always going to be run through the filter of my own instincts, my intuition, and my embodied sense of how I feel in my body, which I trust above the voice of everyone else. Mm -hmm. So, so yes, we need to talk about nutrition back to my program. It's, it's uh, nutrition, redefining food, discovering which ones work the best for you. And guess what? This is an important skill to learn because that's not going to be like a list set in stone that you just carry around with you. Like I can eat these things. <laughs> it's going to change over time. Your carbohydrate tolerance, you know what we're talking about in terms of how much sugar can you tolerate? Well, for me right now, it's none. It's not always that way. You know, uh, that's a moving target. It depends on things like how much metabolically active muscle do you have and how active are you and what season is it? And how are the other stressors in your life? How's your stress load? Um, so there's a lot to what foods work for you and how to make sure you're staying in alignment with that. And it's like any other good relationship in your life. You send your, your beloved partner an, an anniversary card one day a year and think, okay, done. We should be good for now, right? Like a relationship is a daily interactive process. And it's the same with your body. Your body is going to be your most intimate relationship. It's You get one and you get it for the whole journey. And mm -hmm. so learning to really tune in. So we're going to learn how to nourish your body. What's your carbohydrate tolerance? What other kind of macros do you need? Which foods really work for you and which ones don't we dive deep into that um, then we look at movement and I call it movement I don't call it exercise there there's no real need for that except that I think exercise gets a bad rap in our modern world and I think it's really been hijacked by the no pain no gain bullshit that paradigm is hurting us at, you know no ifs ands or buts about it and we're exercising in ways that are 
way too intense. We got the wrong intensity. We get the wrong timing. Um, we've got goals that are for external validation rather than for really moving the body in the ways that it, it enjoys moving. Mm-hmm. So we need to move more, most of us, but we need to do so in alignment with, you know, so there's heart rate intensity we have to learn about. Let's talk about metabolic health. I teach people what heart rate intensity is right for you. I've got some universal things I want to teach you. And then we're going to find a number that works for you. We're going to have you do the things that bring you the most joy at the right heart rate intensity. So that here's what it's really about. We want to eat in a way that burns fat, not sugar. And we want to move in a way that burns fat, not sugar. This is the metabolic health piece that this is really what's at the root of this. The body's aerobic system, which is 80% of the muscle fibers in your body, the ones that hold our structure together, they're aerobic muscle fibers. They were designed with the, they have the blueprint for burning fat, not sugar. And we've got them sugar dependent. So we've just got this whole, we've got our bodies all inflamed on the wrong fuel and then wondering why they crash and burn at about 45. So we're going to reverse engine, eat in a way that burns fat, not sugar. What foods work best for you? That's the whole first week of the program. Move in a way that burns fat, not sugar at the right intensity that brings you joy. When you're finished with a proper workout, you should feel like you could turn around and do it all again. I teach women how to make, you know, kind of dial that in. The third pillar of the Vibrant Woman program is, this is really a no brainer. And people are going to say like, well, of course, Darcy, sleep and stress. Mm -hmm. And yeah, we got to up our rest and lower our stress, but how? Well, I help you find, I, I promise you right now, there are three stressors adding to your stress load that you didn't even recognize. You know, we all tend to get focused on the ones that drive us the most crazy. And those are the ones we have no control over. Those are, that's not where we're starting. (laughs) We're going to start with the stressors that you do have control over and they're hiding in your home. They're probably hiding in your personal care products. (laughs) They're probably hiding, you know, in the things you wash your clothes in, who knows? But, um, so we talk about, you know, chemical stress and what we can actually do about removing some of these things, huge impact on hormones right there. Huge. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Then the fourth thing is hormone balance because those first three pieces are very powerful. It's exponential. It's not just one plus one plus one equals three. If we get the first three pieces right, we really shouldn't have to do very much about hormone balance. But you know, that's we also have to set it, Kate, in the context of this patriarchy <laughs> that we're living in that has women really willing to sort of um doubt themselves, you know, to not trust themselves and to not to to be willing to run on you know, a 24 hour circadian rhythm rather than the 28 ish day rhythm we were really designed for. And so there's some unpacking there we have to do when we really, because don't think that what you believe about your body doesn't impact your hormone health or your stress. Right. Right. So we dive into all of that. And then the final piece of my program, uh, again, I, this is a chicken and egg story. Is this the end or the beginning, you know, is intuition. Right. Because we're born with the ability to know what's right for us. And we've tuned that voice out, right? We've traded that in for commercials and experts and parents and culture. And this process and this community, we do this course in a community. This is a process of reversing those volume knobs so that the inner voice becomes louder. And there is a science to your gut feelings. And I explain all of that inside the course. And What's fascinating about it is, you know, our gut is like our second brain and a gut feeling uh, has far more to do with your healthy microbiome 
which leads us back to the beginning because that has everything to do with the way you eat and the foods you bring in and how you're nourishing all that. So it's a really beautiful cyclical journey that helps women and we do it in community. So there's videos to watch. So you learn something on your own time at your own pace in your own way. And then we come into the group coaching space a few days later where we really get to workshop it together and, you know, get my expert guidance and learn from each other. We learn from each other's wins. We learn from each other's quote unquote failures. There's no such thing as a failure because we're always learning something about ourselves and what's working for us. So yeah, we're going to start in January, which is, uh, our enrollment will open soon. By the time your folks hear this enrollment will be open and they can register through you. They should know you're going to appear in there. So we're going to have guest experts come on board and help us really just unravel the, yeah, it's, it's just a bit of unraveling. I think in a lot of ways, this is an unlearning. It's an mm -hmm. unlearning of the things that the habits that we have that hurt us and an unleashing of the, the brilliant vibrancy that your cells know so well, they were programmed to thrive. You were born to thrive. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's about just restoring that, like restoring reboot. <laughs> love it. I love it. It sounds oh. amazing. Oh my gosh. I am so excited for this program and there's so, so much information in there that as you were talking, I was like, yes, yes. <laughs> so <laughs> that's fabulous. Well, we are at time, but before we leave, do you want to share some kind of womb led tip or some kind of metabolic tip for women listening to today that can just help them deepen into their curiosity a little bit more? Well, I'm going to, I think I'm going to springboard off of what you said a few minutes ago. <clears throat> so you're the day before your period is going to start and you're noticing some cravings. I just want to invite women to, to listen into those cravings as messages from your body. And, you know, it could be a true message. When I crave cinnamon, there's nutrients in cinnamon that my body needs more at certain seasons than in others, right? There's, that's the reason why pumpkin spice is is really appealing to us in the fall. Like there's something about that, the dwindling, dwindling daylight and the nutrients that are in there and what our bodies require. I'm also going to invite women to pay attention to their cravings. And I want you to ask yourself, do I believe this is a true craving? You know, so this is going to be a combination kind of between the body-led intuition and the mind just, you know, just an inquisitive mind. We're going to, we need both of those in the beginning until we get some of the static cleared out of the system. Because like we said a few minutes ago, so often what happens in a sugar dependent metabolism is that we kind of just stay in this sort of addictive cycle, you know, blood sugar's high, blood sugar's low, which makes me need more sugar and want to eat more sugar. And then blood sugar goes high again. And so I'm just going to invite us to let's just begin to give those cravings a voice. I invite you to journal about it. I invite you to notice, you know, if you keep track of your cycle and you know what, you know, what day you're on and what parts of your cycle begin to just write these things down. So you can see what is the story? How do those cravings contribute to the story that your body is trying to tell? Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of wisdom that can come through that. Mm -hmm. We might find that, yes, we do need more of something at a certain part of our cycle than another. And we might find that that is an old habit, or we might find that's a true craving. And that's the wisdom of our bodies asking for what it needs to make 
whatever it is, progesterone in the right balance. Or so I just, I think our bodies are absolutely brilliant. And I think the path to trusting them more and more is to just start paying attention to um, what's coming up. So try that, try journaling about your cravings and keeping track and see what you can discover about what your body really needs. I love that. That's such a great tip. So all of Darcy's information is going to be in the show notes below, including the link to join her vibrant women's program that's going to be starting in January. So go check out the links, go check out this program and let's start focusing on our metabolic health. Thank you, Darcy, for being here. Thank you for having me, but I I forgot to say one thing as a gift to you and all of your listeners. I want to offer every single woman coming to the program through you a $450 discount. That's 25% off the course and that's exclusive for you all. And uh, yeah, so come check out, check it out with the link. All the more reason to come and join now. (laughs) So the link and everything will be in the show notes below. Are you excited about aligning to your cycle? If so, make sure that you subscribe to this podcast and like the episode if it really resonated with you. Until next time, remember, womb wisdom equals connection to self, which ultimately equals inspired living.